Welcome to The Real, the podcast where we talk about the entertainment that we consume and what we really think about it. I'm one of your hosts, Michael, and uh, I probably shouldn't have watched this movie as much as I did when I was a kid. And this week I'm joined by my co-host friend and the man that I'm going to say, Jesse, Jesse, Jesse. How are you doing, Jesse? I'm good. I'm, I'm not your coach, though. He went to the other place. <laughs> all right very fair and you said it three times so shenanigans are afoot now uh so this episode's coming out just past our spooky season stuff uh but we thought it'd be fun to kind of briefly touch on um the fun cults not i mean it isn't cult classic i feel like a lot of people have seen it it's very popular uh in the world um but the well, incredibly well-known, incredibly uh, just ridiculous, crazy movie, um, Beetlejuice. Crazy and ridiculous are good words for this movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was also a critical and commercial success, so... I don't know. Was it ever truly a cult classic? Don't you have to like bomb a little bit to earn that honor? Yeah, I guess so. That, like, that's what I was saying. But like, also, I know people like um, that have never seen this movie before. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's it's just kind of it's it's an interesting kind of concept to me that like it's something that um, we're I was talking with people and they're just like, yeah, I just never saw it. And I was just like, how did you never see it? Like, it's such a like quintessential childhood memory I have of like watching it. So and like I said, we'll we'll get into maybe a little bit more about why maybe I shouldn't have watched it as much as a kid. I feel like that was a, bi a big thing in the 80s and 90s of making properties that necessarily weren't actual child friendly, uh, popular. And I'm looking at you, RoboCop. <laughs> I mean, this was rated PG, and at the time, the only other movie from Tim Burton was Pee Wee's Big Adventure. So <laughs> I could easily see how parents would be, wouldn't think anything of taking their kids to see this movie. Yeah, I mean, fair. The Robocop, what is rated? So just in reference to that, um, kind of it being out that it came out the year before, it's. And also because uh, it's a bit of a segue into your topic, Jesse, just because it is. Um, wow. Sorry. Uh, you said you wanted to talk about some video game stuff. And there's a RoboCop game that just recently came out, uh, RoboCop Rogue, Rogue City. But that one's rated R and it came out the year before. But like it's still like got like a cartoon and like kids toys and stuff like that. So they just love to do that type of stuff all over the place, apparently. Wait, did you say a RoboCop game just came out? uh i think it i think it's just recently let me check here i'm i have of course steam opened in the background so um yeah robocop rogue city just recently came out it's an action first person shooter interesting yeah all these years later and hey here's a robocop game for <laughs> those of you who still remember or care i mean it it looks like from what i've heard it's supposed to be really good it's got a lot of really um interesting uh like like true kind of mechanics like he's very clunky to work around like he's 
like is like stomping and you feel like a badass because you're like boom 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 and you know people die all over the place so yeah i mean <laughs> it looks like it you know something that's interesting so all right well yeah we may have to keep this one short and we have plans that just came up uh, <laughs> later this evening so um but yes you know we were talking about all things survival horror video games last week and how it's not necessarily our favorite genre but we respect it for what it is and that's all that's all well and good but miguel there is nothing more frightening in the video game industry right now at least in my opinion than the monetization of virtually everything anything and everything in the game itself uh, microtransactions specifically so i stumbled across this over the past week and i just felt since we've discussed it on the show before that it was worth the time to <laughs> kind of tell you how outraged this made me <laughs> as briefly as i can but what had happened was i was thinking about you know maybe this year I'll wait for a sale and I'll try and get maybe the latest NBA game uh, at a discount because I haven't bought one of their new games for years. They're produced by 2K, who are some of the biggest offenders when it comes to these devious tactics in the industry. So I, I try and support them as little as humanly possible with my money. But, you know, it's been a while and $20 on a game that's on sale is, you know, they're not even going to notice something like that. And then I <laughs> won't have to do it again for a number of years. So figured no big deal, but I was looking into the game a little bit. I was just doing a little, you know, Googling and I came across what they are calling the NBA 2k 24 season pass. And I sent you a, little screenshot of this before the episode michael did you have a chance to look at that hold on i'll pull it up i do not it's my phone's in the other room so uh what'd you say because I, the... I need your opinion season i mean you already said season pass which makes me already hate this so uh <laughs> it was a uh, season pass 2k20 you said 2k24 2k24 price oh this is good it came up oh okay found the image that you sent me cool and i just wanted to ask you if this reminds you of anything of something from another game perhaps i mean the fact that it's a season pass it seems pretty shitty uh <laughs> let's see there's uh, i hate when they do these like info grids they're always such a pain in the ass to read and i hate them for that <laughs> I feel like you don't even truly get a ton of information for how long it probably took them to set this up in Adobe or whatever. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I, I kind of get it. Like, you know, it kind of sucks. But uh, also, screw them in this uh, abomination of marketing stuff, I guess. It's just so yeah. annoying. So for those of you listening to the pod who don't have this image in front of you, what we're looking at is essentially different tiers for this season pass and what it unlocks for you in this game and the primary basis of the rewards for this pass 
are to get you more level ups and rewards for the my team and my career modes in this basketball game, which are almost exclusively where they are already hitting gamers with microtransactions, you know, left and right in those individual modes. And this season pass can go up to looks like the Hall of Fame level is 1999. So you can spend 20 bucks on this thing to get what doesn't seem like a whole lot to me. And you're possibly paying for these microtransactions in these game modes if you are playing them. In fact, I think you virtually have to if you want to level up your team or your player all the way. And then don't forget, dude, this game, I think it retail for the just base version of the game is $70 when it was released. And there are like enhanced, I put enhanced in air quotes, <laughs> as I said that, enhanced versions of this game that feature some additional content that go for even more than $70. Some cases are, some of the games are even over a hundred, depending on how far you want to go with it. So it's just, they do this because people buy the game and they're telling them they don't really care about their money. So they just keep doing stuff like this. But I saw this and was outraged and fuming and you know, all that stuff. And I was like, I can't, even at $20, I couldn't justify giving them money when they're pulling this kind of crap in the game. So I probably will not. And that is the scariest thing in current gaming right now. So I mean, so this is just, how long is a, how long does a season run for? I would assume it's either a through the NBA season itself, which just started last week and would end in the spring or it's until the next game comes out, which be <laughs> about this time next year. And then no possible way they'll turn off the servers for the old game. Wait, do they do, is that what they do? They do that. They do that in the WWE game also made by 2k. They have what's called community creations where people can upload all their, you know, custom yeah. wrestlers and stuff. They shut the, or they're going to shut the server down for the game that came out in 2022. I think sometime at the end of this year or the year before. Or oh, that's in kind January. That's kind of shitty. Yeah. So they do, <laughs> they do do that. They absolutely do that as another way to entice people to buy the new game. Yeah. Interesting. But yeah, I just, you know, wanted to, <laughs> as a follow-up to last week's episode, sometimes we have continuity around here. It, it, it pays to follow up from episode to episode. But uh, yeah, man, I just wanted to shine some light on something that is quite repugnant in my view yeah no i mean that's fair uh i mean so i found it here so it looks like the season lasts six weeks uh which i mean how much is sorry i'm looking up a few other like you know uh 
season passes and stuff like that. Get some comparisons. This only lasts for six weeks. Six weeks, yeah. Well, that's what I'm trying to be like. I feel like... Um, My God. I mean, it's... Well, you're saying this is like pretty crazy, and I'm like, I don't... I feel like this is actually kind of, un- unfortunately, to be clear, uh, in the realm of this actually does kind of track um, <laughs> with, the, with the state of the gaming world uh, many times, so... Oh, 100%. Like, yeah, it's not anything out of left field that they're doing, but I mean, you already, they essentially already forced you to pay for this stuff to get the full experience of the game, you know? So to kind of force these passes on people on top of that, Mm -hmm. this seems like a more salesman approach to, you know, just getting their money for the same thing. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. So, no, I just didn't like it. So, not doing that this year. Maybe I'll, <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'll spend it on that RoboCop game instead. We'll see. I mean, yeah, that looks pretty fun. So, I would, I would recommend that. But yeah, there you go. Yeah. Or Baldur's <laughs> Gate, which you know has been out for a while now. So. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so that's very spooky to me. But to get back to something that's spooky in a much better way. And honestly, to me anymore, not really that spooky at all. Beetlejuice. Um, You said you watched this movie a lot. Too much, actually, during your childhood. I don't recall seeing this movie that much in my house growing up. But I do vividly remember the cartoon that is based off of it yeah and that's i like like i was saying that's kind of one of those things that i i remembered that and that's why i was just kind of like man this it's kind of weird to me that i watched it so much as a child (laughs) um yeah yeah and then i remember being confused going to watch the movie after watching the cartoon for a bit because in the cartoon itself beetlejuice and lydia are kind of you know allies of sorts or friends Mm -hmm. in the movie they are very much not that (laughs) and michael keaton's performance is certainly not one that i would consider always kid friendly as marvelous as it is so (laughs) yeah no that's a fun adjustment if you're going from the cartoon to the movie oh for sure and a half it is very um, I think I saw like a, a, a TikTok making fun of it or something like that. That it was just like, you know, what, what? And that's like when I rewatched it and I was like, yeah, I did watch this as a kid. That's kind of, huh. Okay, then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it was the, this funny thing that I was like sitting there and like they, you know, it's, it's the point when he like grabs his, you know, he's like, and like, you know, grabs his junk. And I was just mm-hmm. like, Oh yeah, that is a thing that happens in this movie quite a few times, and like he, like it's implied sexual assault, uh, you know, and that type of stuff. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's not the best of movies sometimes when you when you think about it and like what it is um, promoting. I should say, I, I I feel like you know, yeah, it is very much a movie of the of its time and 
I don't know. I am very curious now to see what the sequel is going to be like because they certainly cannot do everything now that they were able to do back then. So God, no. In a PG movie, he goes to a (laughs) whorehouse. They literally say whorehouse. (laughs) That's a great scene, too. He's doing his whole dance and, you know, getting all worked (laughs) up. And uh, Gina Davis is grossed out and it's pretty funny. So, yeah. (laughs) He's all mad before that because he just crashed his car into one of the trees on the model and got forded again. So (laughs) lots going on there. But yeah, uh, dude definitely is trying to go to the whorehouse. Yeah, I just. (laughs) In fact, this Beetlejuice seems particularly thirsty for basically anything and anyone. I mean, that's kind of like the funny thing, Jesse, is that you say that. And I think about the fact that like um, in watching it and then like thinking about it a little bit more and then going back and seeing again the what is like just rampant uh, sex craziness that he has, um, especially for Lydia, uh, it's just amusing to me that then you see people who dress up and like cosplay as like Lydia and uh, Beetlejuice. And I was, we we were walking out of the theater and I I saw two people like that. And I was just like, don't you, don't you know, don't you remember that he tries to like, sexually assault her he tries to like wet her she's definitely still in high school like Mm -hmm. um excuse me (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's a a child marriage at the end yeah into a child marriage and i'm just like sitting here going the fuck guys like why are you why are you cosplaying as them that's that's not a good look that's not a good look at all (laughs) And, you know, full spoilers for Beetlejuice. But oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> thir- 35 years. I mean, that's that's on you. If you <laughs> but true, true, too true. It, it is fascinating how there are some movies like this where, and I guess, you know, he's the title character, but also the antagonist, if you will. I did, certainly mm-hmm. would not categorize him as an anti-hero in any way (laughs) no he he is the antagonist he is definitely the antagonist here um the antagonist who essentially has no redeeming qualities he's basically just existing to scare people and then have what he wants to have with them and all his only redeeming quality is you know, it's Michael Keaton and Michael Keaton is funny. So (laughs) some of the things that he does makes you laugh, but you certainly don't idolize the man. So it's funny to me that they have a, a younger girl being terrorized by this horny demon. And now that's become such a popular, like, as you said, cosplay duo or pop culture duo for like, couples to dress up as and things and stuff like that so yeah that i like i get it like you know don't get me wrong the girl and the guy we saw at the movie theater 
Uh, and again, I'm presuming that they're a couple. They were holding hands. I know, you know, they could be friends. Um, but like, good friends. She, yeah, good friends. But like, she played. She, she looked. It was a. She had a knockout Lydia uh, costume on. Like she had the, um, like the spiky hair uh, part. I I say it, and probably people can imagine it in their head. It's the, like when she's got it like gelled down. It's like spikes effectively coming down over her face when she's getting the the marriage and then like the whole like final act is she's got that hair uh, with like the big bun in the back if it's all messy and stuff i'm mm -hmm. probably butchering the actual name of this these hairstyles but um but she has that and um she had that look she had that hair she had the dress she like had the you know pretty pale skin that uh, she has in the movie she did her makeup like she does with very like giving her the hollow sunken eyes like spot on costume like just phenomenal and the guy had a striped suit on and like kind of had some makeup on and his hair was kind of green but it was like long hair like past his shoulder kind of length hair it wasn't you know that and it, it, it was, you know, kind of like the girl really likes this and the guy's just kind of is like, yeah, I like it, too. And just isn't putting the same amount of effort into it. Um, but I'm just like watching the walk away and I'm like, he wants to marry an underage girl who's mm -hmm. still in high school. Like, yep. Yeah. So cool, 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 cool. Uh, yeah. He's a big creeper. What can I say? <laughs> yes, he is. But yeah, but and, and that kind of just goes to like the whole like I think people vaguely remember parts of this movie. Uh, you, it's also a very quick movie. I totally. Um, oh yeah, you breeze right through it. Yeah, yeah. It, it 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 does not have any sort of slow moment. It's just on next one, next one, on to the next scene, next one, next one. Um. But yeah, it's. I don't know. It's just crazy that people are like, yeah, I want to be Lydia and you'll be Beetlejuice. And it just seems very inappropriate, especially nowadays uh, to th for that to be your, your, your hope and desire. So, yeah. Right. Right. Not exactly <laughs> what you're looking for there. Well, I can't speak for the cosplaying side or the dress up side, but what I can say is at the very least, this movie has been able to maintain fairly positive word of mouth for, you know, almost, you know, its entire existence. So there are aspects of this movie then that are worthwhile. And I don't think it's just because people have some, you know, kind of weird thing they're into with their significant other about dressing up as these <laughs> characters for reasons. So I would be curious to hear your thoughts on certain elements of the film, especially regarding to like costume design and stuff like that. If there was oh. anything that stood out to you. Yeah, actually, this is a very good example of being able to tote and talk about some maybe less lesser known in the general sense of people. One of the main uh, makeup artists for this, this movie V. Uh, Neil, um, who's uh, a makeup artist, uh, you might more recently known her uh, is like or physically seen her and things like that is uh, the show Face Off, where they have the like makeup artists come on and do a bunch of crazy stuff. 
uh, but not to be confused with the John Travolta <laughs> Nicolas Cage film. Yes, yes. Um, but uh, let me just run down some movies, Jesse. You might uh, know the uh, from. Okay. Okay. Uh, such amazing ones as hold on. I'm going deep here. Uh, do, 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 do. Let's uh, maybe one. Uh, the Lost Boys. I saw the Lost Boys pop up on my recommendations for spooky season a million times recently. So. Okay, uh, maybe a, a movie called Edward Scissorhands. Oh yeah, I know Edward Scissorhands. Uh, how about Hook? Yep. Uh, Batman Returns. Uh, of course. Uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> yep, Mrs. Doubtfire. Batman Forever. Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> Mars Attacks. Uh, fortunately, yes. <laughs> Galaxy Quest. Damn straight, I've heard of Galaxy Quest. How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the 2000 version. Well, Jim Carrey. Yep. That's a favorite in my household. <laughs> uh, a few movies, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, Curse of the Black Pearl. Uh, Curse of the Black Pearl, Dead Men's Chest, At World's End. No, they, they definitely stopped at Curse of the Black Pearl. <laughs> and did not make any more after that. Yeah. But this lady, I mean, we're, I mean, how many of these movies we're talking about? The, the person that... She, phenomenal makeup artist, uh world renowned very well known in the industry like just crazy amounts of skill under her belt uh so many i mean and like mind you i'm just touching on a few other things like she also did was a makeup artist for uh it, the uh in amazing spider-man um one, uh, one and two uh the hunger game she was a makeup uh department head and makeup designer. Uh, I mean, she just has so many very critically acclaimed movies, I'm not saying all of them are great, but the fact that she is amazing movies under her belt. And the fact that so many of them are like, even if they're not good, like I'm th the makeup in dead man's chest is crazy. Like she helped with the whole, uh, so many of the different aspects of, the um god what's his name uh the beard and the tentacles and the uh davy jones thank you davy jones um obviously that's a lot of cgi and stuff like that but like the onset effects the other stuff that they have to do uh, it, she was amazing um other uh one of the other makeup artists that's very famous on this one uh is steve laporte who, again, we're going to run down a few. Maybe you've heard of them, Jesse. Known for things like... we we got to scroll. There's they, they got some deep catalogs. These people have been doing them for a while. Uh, movies like The Goonies. <laughs> oh, no way. Never heard of The Goonies. <clears throat> yep. Uh, again, Lost Boys. Um, the God Running Man. Lost Boys. <laughs> <laughs> um, Elvira, Mistress of Darkness. Um... Maybe not that one. Okay, well, don't worry. Some people out there were like, oh, really? Uh, again, Edward Scissorhands, uh, Terminator 2, Judgment Day, makeup oh, artist on that one. That's a big one. Hocus Pocus, uh, Adam's Family Adam's family Values. You know, just, again, uh, just a 
bunch of these really kind of, I think ones that we know pretty well, or at least our generation knows, but then also doing works on things like uh, uh, the X-Files. Um, again, in, you can probably see that Steve and V like working together, uh, Galaxy Quest, uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, um, one that I personally really enjoy, which is Wind Talkers, um, Van Helsing, uh, Lost, Pirates of the Caribbean, On Strange Tides, X-Men First Class, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, Special Makeup Effects Artist, which it might not be that good of a movie, and some people out there, one of our particular listeners, will hate because it's so in, uh, historically inaccurate. But as a movie with gore and blood and vampire hunting in it, I mean, mm -hmm. someone that can do something like that and make it look so fun and cool, you know, props to them. So... I think this movie showcases like some pretty amazing effects in it. Some pretty great early on um, special effects with claymation and stop motion, as well as makeup effects, blending all of these together um, on like practical effects. I think of like one, the where she rips her face off uh, and is like hanging herself in the closet. Like mm -hmm. this movie has so many of these amazing practical in camera uh, effects that also then some I they have a probably some touch CGI in there or like digital effects added in but they do such an amazing job of making it feel uncomfortable and weird and the even, even though you can look at it and go like oh I think I think back to the office scene where they're like where she's like what are you going to do to get him out and they're like I don't know uh, I'll go first and he like sticks his hand in his head and like pulls out his face and she like <laughs> opens up her mouth Mm -hmm. Like you can clearly tell that that is a stop motion model. It is not like them actually doing it in camera, but it is so unnerving that it's almost okay. It's back to that. Uh, when I a few weeks ago, when we were talking about um, the frighteners where you can tell that the CGI is there, but my suspension of disbelief is okay with it because it is something that is like, Oh, this is so otherworldly. It's okay for it not to look as realistic as, you know other things should because it's it's not of this world type stuff <laughs> i mean who's to say it doesn't actually look like that have you ever poked your <laughs> eyes out or open your jaw and put your eyeballs on your fingers who knows uh, <laughs> i can say i have not <laughs> that's probably for the best yeah man anytime they're like in the office and i guess it's do they ever refer to the afterlife as anything in this movie i can't remember exactly uh i mean i'm just gonna call it the afterlife then yeah. whenever they're in uh the office or in the waiting room or wandering the halls like these are all just times where i don't really care as much about what's happening in the story just because i get so lost in everything I'm being presented with visually and like everywhere you look there's like clever stop motion and some claymation and just the makeup and costume designs the guy that's all freaking smashed and he slides around on a clothesline and there's a little slot in the freaking wall that he can fit through is awesome it cracks me up every time so yeah it's 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 a lot of fun yeah, I think, I mean, it, it's just, it is a cut, I think, above so many that uh, of like these like kind of fun comedy horror movies. It does such a great job of balancing that of the surreal 
uh, and humor and the dark side of it, of like the fact that <laughs> um, they joke that like civil like uh, people go into the afterlife and have to be. Um, there's an entire industry around being dead and like it's mm -hmm. it's more uh, bureaucracy because of course it is of course it's going to be painful to be dead of course it's going to suck even more to be dead mm -hmm. uh you know because it, uh, it's the afterlife right and what was life it's just that but now it's times a million because it's after that uh mm -hmm. i like the it's idea that, yeah it's forever it sucks you're just there um i do I mean, on on a critical viewpoint, uh, if we're going to be uh, uh, even with the uh, maybe some pulling back some of the roast into glasses a little bit, it is a little kind of confusing the rules of this world, like the fact that there is a physical book that tells people about the afterlife and no one's found it before um, mm -hmm. <laughs> is, is a little weird to me. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I personally think they just kind of went pretty bare bones intentionally with the rules and I guess all the context of this world and how things work simply because they have a fairly short runtime and we have to kill two people and then have them bond with somebody by the end of this runtime. So like you said, when we were opening up, not a lot of time to like slow down or mess around here. You just kind of got to keep going from one plot point to the next. Yeah. I, I think I, again, I forgot how quickly this movie just goes boom, 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 boom. Like they're starting up and then, uh, and, and something I didn't catch until like very recently, I think on this first watch is that, uh, they potentially had a miscarriage. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like I never, I don't know why that never sunk into uh, sunk in for me before, like this most most recent viewing. But like the whole like a uh, realtor being like, it's for a family. Oh, sorry. And then like there's that moment of beat and pause. And I was just like, oh, like. I just thought they were just happy being not parents or they were like they they wanted kids. I never realized that there was like a whole miss a miscarriage um, or s something else. Or maybe I should say miscarriage. Maybe I should say, you know, there is some inability for them to be able to have children and there that sadness in the that has brought sadness into their lives and then they get lydia right and that's like i under always understood that they wanted a kid but i never understood yeah. that there was like a direct like there was some sort of news that recently happened that hurts both of them and barbara particularly seems hurt when the realtor brings it up so i mean in the age of a lot of folks are only occasionally looking up from their phones while they're watching a movie. That's definitely a blank and you'll miss it uh, piece of the plot there. So I, I totally understand not picking up on that as I just recently did myself. So great. <laughs> yeah. I don't feel like a total idiot then. Uh, <laughs> but can we talk about the cast though? Uh, I mean, sure. the, the, the original here, um, I will say one thing real quick about Michael Keaton in that when he was cast as Batman, right. There was a lot of like outrage and people are writing <laughs> letters of protest to Warner brothers because 
they've only seen him in like Mr. Mom or whatever. And this movie came out a year before Batman. Uh, Beetlejuice was released March 30th, 1988. I don't know how quickly his casting for Batman was announced uh, or how soon it was announced before the movie came out. But man, anyone who thought he couldn't play Batman just <laughs> needed to fucking watch this movie and be like, that's that's way harder than trying to be a convincing Batman, what he just <laughs> did with that. So I have no concerns whatsoever about that anymore. Yeah, I, I think, yeah I'm right there with you. It seems weird to me, the fact that, yeah. And, you know, it's back to the whole, like, it. People are passionate about their Batmans. Um, it's very sure. clear. Uh, I mean, let's look at, you know, poor Twilight Boy, um, <laughs> where everyone's like, oh, no, I don't want to, you know, sparkly vampire playing my Batman. Boo, boo. You don't want a Knight's Tale guy playing the Joker. Or, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's, man, Stuff it's almost like, like that. <laughs> that fan base is crazy for those things. Yeah. But, I, I mean, he does such a great job with his body work. He's very um, it's clownish, I think, is the like he he has that type of overacting and stuff like that. The same stuff that I feel like Jim Carrey embodies in some of those earlier, like the mask and things like that. The mm -hmm. in the mask, he has those over the top movements. I feel like Michael Keaton does such a great job as Beetlejuice with those physical motions and how he moves and everything else like that. Admittedly, I am a little concerned about Beetlejuice 2 and how that's going to affect him. Um, he is uh, not as young and spry as he once was, as we saw in the most recent Flash uh, <laughs> movie. Um, so, I mean, man, 72, right? Like, he's got, he's got some age under his belt here. <laughs> he's, he's a little creaky. He was a little creakier than he used to be. Yeah. Um, so it's 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 a little concerning. Um, yeah. There are a lot of reasons to be concerned about a sequel 35 years after the original came out. But <clears throat> I digress. Um, no, I think, yeah, I, I think you hit on a lot of the, the points that I would have thought of in the sense that he just really did a good job with his energy, with his body language with how he could change the tone of his voice seemingly at will how he could be a little charming but most of the time he was just repulsive so yeah interesting character but a great performance oh yes solid amazing yeah i also just love when he first meets lydia and his reasoning for not being able to tell her his name is I'll tell you, you'll tell your friends, <laughs> I'll tell everyone else, I'll have to go to the mall for hours and sign autographs and shit like that. Yeah, I, and then, and then the, <laughs> I, I do love that, like, thought process, and then, like, instantly he's just like, oh, like, you know, say my name. And it's like, why wouldn't, why couldn't she just still go out and do that exact same thing? Like, the obvious like fallacy and logic is there i i know that but i'm just saying yeah. it's funny to be that it's just like his reasoning is like oh well you know if you tell i tell you then you tell everybody else but i still want you to guess my name 
and yeah. it's like but wouldn't that still then allow her to tell all of the, your friends and then they tell everybody and then that exact thing you said you didn't want to have happen is going to happen <laughs> such a random flimsy excuse I, i've always loved it <laughs> i need to talk to barbara no you don't need to talk to barbara <laughs> so he has a lot of good exchanges with the various characters and again because it's michael keaton you forget how truly awful this character is even for a moment yep but uh this is kind of the movie that made winona Ryder's career no i mean i i'd probably say that yeah um i can't I think this is the earliest I, of stuff I remember her in. Um, but admittedly, I'm bad at associating names of actors to those types think, of things. I think it was this, and I think Heather's came out the same mm. year. So I think she just kind of had a, a one-two uh, one dynamite of a debut that really captivated folks. And then she's been on a lot of other Tim Burton movies since then. So <laughs> Yes, of course. <laughs> but, I mean, I've seen this movie so many times, it's kind of hard for me to, like, fully critique Winona Ryder's performance because I think she's basically just playing the character the way that Tim Burton asked her to. Um, but she does that very well. She... I think presents herself as someone that is worthy of, you know, befriending these two ghosts who want these new people out of their house, but, you know, a bond is formed and, you know, goals change over the course of this short movie. Yeah. And I also say, uh, going back and rewatching it now is much, uh, much older than I think of the last time I watched it. Um, uh, mm -hmm. It's it's one of those things of like time and perspective. Uh, I don't remember her being such a whiny teenager. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And not, you know, not to be horrifically terrible about the whole thing, but um, it's very si similar to, I think, uh, the rewatching um, Juno, uh, where there's a scene where the mom confronts her about like hanging out with the the family she's going to that's going to adopt her kid right yeah. and like her and the father or her and the future father the husband of the that wife is hanging out and they're like listening to music and stuff like that and as a teenager i remember watching it and like being like yeah she's an independent person don't 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 be mean to her mom like how dare you <laughs> but then like going back and watching it as an adult i'm like oh there's there is something weird going on here this makes me feel uncomfortable like he's a married man she's a teenager in high school like they shouldn't be they shouldn't be hanging out like this and the mom going it's more complicated than you understand is a true statement she doesn't understand how complicated it is uh -huh. and similar to that experience of re-watching it and going uh this reads differently now that i have time and age on my side and watching lydia sit in her room and go uh so alone <laughs> throws the paper away so desperately alone like it's just like oh my god get over yourself like <laughs> you know, it, it's cliche levels of gothic emo-y um goth 
uh, levels of ridiculousness in that. <laughs> I think that's fair. And I think it's probably just because of the charm of the actress that's, and because it was such an iconic role for her at the beginning of her career. And also it came out during the formative years for a lot of people. So it, they have that nostalgia for it. So I don't, I don't think it's a particularly like, like outstanding performance or anything <laughs> like that. But I think it works for the movie if you're okay with getting, you know, a pretty straightforward emo goth type character. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I so, mean, it, she nails it. Like, yeah, I, I look at that and go like, hmm, I feel like we went to high school with some of these type of people. <laughs> I feel like, you know, I may have interacted with some of those people from time <laughs> to time. So it's it's funny how movies change over the course of your life. That's always a fun conversation to have. And that definitely fits here. Um, it's funny. It was always funny to me watching this movie after having seen Home Alone um, more often as a kid. Simply because of the fact that um, simply for the fact that Catherine O'Hara is a much different mom in home alone than she is in Beetlejuice. Although maybe both have some pretty fatal flaws. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, forgetting your kid seems like a pretty fatal flaw. And basically resenting their entire existence doesn't seem that great either. So it's her it's uh she's her stepmom right in this that's if i remember stepmom. correctly yeah yeah but so. like just the most cliche like <laughs> i you are you know baggage basically for this marriage that i'm in and i resent your entire existence here <laughs> Which is fair. You're cramping, my, you're cramping my style too. Yeah, really cramping it. But I, I do <laughs> love the fact that she, I don't get the feeling that um, her and uh, Charles, the husband, um, who's played by uh, Jeffrey Jones, um, aren't like actually in love. Like I, did, I, I don't know why I felt like in my head I thought it was like something that they, she was cheating or like wasn't fully in case it was mostly just like a a gold digger type situation but she does seem to be like at least interested in him and even though she's kind of like shitty they do seem to be like um i'll say uh sexually adventurous together uh <laughs> it seems like they are physically interested in each other so yeah i mean it's fun and cool and interesting and i i think they do a good job of that so yeah. The both of them. They, uh, I mean, I think she just has fun with him yeah. more than anything. And yeah, based off of Lydia's reaction to hearing the moaning by the ghosts when they're trying to scare everybody, yeah, it seems like she overhears things she would rather not fairly <laughs> often. Yeah. Yes. So I'm on board with that. I think, I just really think. O'Hara is such a great yen to Jeffrey Jones's yang in this, and they 
in love or not just play off each other in you know very comedic satisfying ways so that's always fun to see yes it, it is very fun to see like even at the very end when the family is happy everybody's living in this house together there is you know i don't know if harmony is the right word but everybody is at least accepting of this situation and they're doing you know dance you know shake sonora they're doing the song and the dance and then jeffrey jones overhears this in his study goes up oh, i guess lydia got the a on the math test and then turns and goes ah and just, you know passes out over a sculpture that you know his wife had shoved in his face and <laughs> she just goes oh he likes it and walks away yeah so still having that same banter and dynamic that they did even when things weren't going so great plot wise for the heroes so yeah i mean i think they and uh otho being there is this weird kind of extra person is um just just amusing and fun so he strikes me as someone who just gets involved in things because he's perpetually bored by his actual <laughs> life. Yes, he does seem that like that. He does seem like a perpetually bored human being. Because he, you know, kind of throws a wrench into a lot of things towards the end and, you know, pushes things towards our climax. But I never got the sense that he was particularly malicious or anything. He's just, yeah, he's a, he's a bored rich guy. So he's just <laughs> getting involved in things he shouldn't be. Yep. Um, yeah. Another thing too, I never like, and maybe again, this might be because I'm a dyslexic, uh, but I didn't realize that Beetlejuice is not spelt like Beetlejuice. It is spelt B E T E L g-e-u-s-e mm -hmm. like i never like in my head i always thought it was just beetlejuice and then it's it's definitely not spelt like that not now i kind of wonder is that like another like is it a historic name of another like is it uh, an, uh, uh another name from another country or something like that or you know does it have deeper meaning or is it just some fun letters that they strung together that sounds like Beetlejuice. And then they named the movie Beetlejuice. So, yeah. Yeah. If I recall, um, it's spelled that way in the ad that the ghosts first read in the paper. Yeah. And apparently the unique spelling of Beetlejuice as Beetlejuice, uh, the film's, eccentricity and align with the character's supernatural nature interesting so it's just a burden thing well i also wonder so and this at is least in this case I'm in not this saying. case yeah yeah no i'm just thinking um well because there's also beetlejuice the star in mm -hmm. orion spelt and or not not in orion spot sorry it's it's a part of orion well i could tell you a lot about its history but there's aboriginal groups in south australia have oral tales of a visible brightness of beetlejuice dating back at least a thousand years so and 
Yes. What is the origins of the name Beetlejuice? <laughs> Sorry, I'm now super into this. Yes. Okay. So it derives from the Arabic term bat al. And again, I'm going to always mispronounce things. I apologize in advance. Uh, bat al jazar, which means the giant shoulder, which then tracks with it being part of the constellation Orion. Okay. There you go. That's what it. So it comes from Arabic is the origination of that particular spelling of the star. And then he liked it because it sounded he kind of sounds like Beetlejuice. And then, OK. All right, Burton, what? you weird. <laughs> well, what's interesting about that is in the original script, um, the <laughs> the character of Beetlejuice was going to be more of a winged demon who then takes on the form of a short Middle Eastern man. Oh. Hmm. Okay, so and maybe... was intent on killing the Dietzes rather than scaring them and wanted sex from Lydia instead of marriage. <laughs> I mean, I kind of felt like he still wanted the sex part, but okay. I didn't think it was just a, a a wedding for a wedding for for a marriage sake type thing. So, so I think Burton is a weird guy, but it sounds like this writer may have been influenced by those origins when originally envisioning this character. Okay, that's I mean that's kind of cool. I like it. <laughs> and then they went a completely different direction. And Michael <laughs> Keaton saved the damn thing. So there you go. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, that's fun. Um, just a quick another thing. Uh, Beetlejuice 2, looking at the cast list, apparently Beetlejuice has a wife. Interesting. So, sorry for spoiling anything like that, but uh, yeah, it's... I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I never really know how to feel about these sequels that come out way later than when compared to the original, um, usually badly after it's released. But I do see here that uh, Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin have not been cast in this, which mm -hmm. may be for the best, given what Alec Baldwin has been in the news for lately. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're basically looks like positioning Beetlejuice is the protagonist this time with just uh, a couple returning characters including Ryder and O'Hara you know as the supporting sporting cast so I guess you have to do something to make people forget this guy is basically a you know a monster <laughs> in multiple <laughs> ways yeah so give him a wife maybe that works I don't know I mean, Monica Bellucci is, you know, talented, so you never know. Yeah. Also, uh, I didn't. Oh, God, is this? No, this is not. the No. OK. Sorry, I was pulling it up and I was like, is this a trailer? And no, it's not an actual trailer. It is a fan made trailer. OK. So it's like, this looks terrible. And then I realized, oh, it's because this is not a real trailer. See, every once in a while. You just get a really good fan trailer and it kind of fools you for a moment on whether it's actually the real movie or not. Well, but it, it started out. 
no it started out with um jenna jenna or jenna ortega being like hi i'm jenna ortega and this is the first uh trailer for beetlejuice 2 and then it like went right into it and i was like oh okay and then like then i was watching it and i was like wait hold on i've seen this flood scene and this mouth before this is from uh haunted mansion <laughs> which i just recently watched and then realized oh this is all just cut things and terrible green screen and stuff so yeah i mean like we said for the flash it was nice to see keaton having fun again <laughs> in a role that he's famous for i'm sure he wouldn't have signed on for this if he didn't think he was going to have more fun he's also getting older i'm sure he's you know pretty well off so maybe he just doesn't care as much as he used to who knows but i mean I and you know what? I'm going to say if he's taken these roles because he's like, you know what? I had fun playing Batman. I want to do Batman again. I had fun being Beetlejuice. I want to be Beetlejuice again. Power to the man, like totally solid, like absolutely. Like if you want to just have fun, be fun, man. Like you, you've given us plenty of other memories. <laughs> that is his prerogative. For yeah, sure. Yeah, I would wager the movie's probably not going to be very good, though. <laughs> yeah, because of how long they've waited to do a sequel that the track record for these types of movies being good is not great. Well, and then I also think of, and I, I personally am thinking more along the lines of actors that are, uh, if, if I see actors doing these types of things where they're picking up older roles or they're picking up other things, I, I am now trying to be more conscious of being respectful of that because, uh, Bruce Willis, Bruce Willis and how there was a period of time like just recently, you know, a few years back, there was like he was just in like all of these movies and they were toting him as like in all of these movies. And a bunch of people were like, man, he's doing crappy movies. Oh, my gosh. How would you know? Oh, God, man, he's really thrown his career down the tubes. And then he came out and, and then it came out that he was like dealing with this very uh, detrimental disease to his health. And then it all of a sudden clicks into place. You're like, oh, he's doing this because he's trying to financially support because he knows he's not gonna be able to do this forever he's trying to financially support himself and his family and things like that and so that's something that i because of that this very specific situation and as long as you know the actors aren't like completely throwing themselves just into the worst like just signing anything away then you know i try to keep that in mind that you know what there there's things they are still humans they have other things going on in their lives like you know what i'm going to respect the fact that they like i want to do this and just be like, yep, get that money, throw your name, do it. Yeah. I mean, it's their career. They're, <laughs> they can do what they want in terms of which movies they want to be part of. And as always, you should judge people off of their body of work and you know, maybe not just <laughs> one or two stinkers. I thought Looper was very good for Bruce Willis. That was one of his later movies. I can't say I recall too many others. Uh, I know Die Hard 5 was real bad. <laughs> Jesse, I'm going to throw out there to you. I think Looper is very old. <laughs> 2000, well, that's like 2012, 2013. I mean, yeah, but like that was... That's uh, like, I mean, when, just, when did... That's like a decade ago. He, <laughs> I understand that, but <laughs> how long was he afflicted by this? Or I mean, yeah, no, I'm not saying... I'm. To be clear, I'm not saying that it's totally like, you know, throw it out the window, you know, whatever. But um, I was just saying that, like, 
you know you're like oh looper's really good and i was like that's a decade ago like there's also he was good in glass i liked him in glass that was recent did you like him like oh the the more recent one where he yeah was, what's his face not unbreakable no glass yeah though like the okay. tie the the secret superhero universe of m night channel on that someone popped up <laughs> out of nowhere <laughs> like the most random superhero universe ever is from the mind of Shyamalan but yeah that's another conversation yep well that's good I mean I think it, you know point being that not everything he did was just a throwaway during that time but even if it were I mean again it's it's his career he can if he wants to go out with you know a run of stinkers because they're paying him good money he should be able to do that absolutely yeah no for sure <laughs> Um, as far as Keaton goes, yeah, maybe he's just going to do all the things that he's enjoyed, you know, before he calls it a career. Well, that's yeah. totally fine. He, he's finding his bliss. <laughs> bliss is being this character that people have been dressing up as for 35 years now. Yep. So hope it works out. I, I hope it's not terrible. Again, my hopes are not high. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, we'll wrap it up here. Uh, thank you so much for listening to Hit the Reel, the podcast where we talk about the entertainment that we consume and what we really think about it. Try to get this podcast out weekly, usually on Saturdays, sometimes on Sundays, depending on how much I'm doing uh, that weekend. Uh, but hey, if we got something wrong or we missed something about Beetlejuice that you think we should share, uh, feel free to email us at hittherealpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's hittherealpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And feel free to take a look at our Patreon in the description of the episode. We'd love the support. And like always, hey, keep it real.